I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Know someone who might be struggling with their mental health? You can help. As a listener of Sick Boy, you know that we've been having these types of combos forever now. You'll also know that sometimes we make mistakes, and that's okay. We're human. Supporting someone through struggle in their life isn't easy. It's an art, not a science, and we all make mistakes. That being said, we can do our best to prep by educating ourselves. And our friends over at jack.org have created a resource for just that. Check out bethere.org for more information. Let's create a world where we can all better support one another. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is KP, who shares their experience with abortion in the Canadian medical system. Let's talk about it. You know, <laughs> you know, what's, you know, what's so funny about that. I've seen Dave do that with a yogurt commercial that he made. Yeah, <laughs> Dave sent me that. Didn't Jer do that oh, in the me. airport? Oh, yeah, that was right. me, that's, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was Jer. All right, we're talking about TikTok. Let's. Uh, um, that's an e boy, e boy haircut. Like, oh my god, Brian, <laughs> short on the side. Uh, Perm down yeah, the we're top. throwing it back. It's a little eight. It's it's a little eighties. Like it's like almost like a flock of seagulls. Yeah, yeah. It's like 2019, 1985, Like had a baby, and that's but that's, that's the, like style. That's, and the babies are e boys. <laughs> um, sweet. Yeah, it's been a really productive start. That was the perfect segue. Why don't you why don't you throw we, that in there? It is. We we're talking about TikTok, and I I only have uh, two TikToks saved on my phone. I I don't actually use TikTok, and uh, this is the one that I saved. But I. I I didn't think about this before we started the recording, but uh, as you pointed out, this might be a great segue into what we're about. Hey guys, just a little tip: uh, if you like don't want to get a girl pregnant, just like pee in her right after you nut, and it'll cancel out the pregnancy. It works every time. <laughs> it works every time. It's his face that's so funny when he I know. says it. I know. Uh, but Kate, you were like, "Oh, did you play that?" Because what we're about to talk about, and I was like, "No, I didn't." But that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, maybe if we had done that, I wouldn't have had to get an abortion. We're so. talking about abortion. Yeah. Whoa. You just gotta say. You just gotta go. Yo, pee in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're supposed to pee after sex. I think yeah, you are. You, you are, are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. typically, like they're like, go to the bathroom and mm-hmm. pee. But I mean, if you gotta go, <laughs> yeah, and, don't, it's, and it's gonna do, and it's gonna cancel the pregnancy. You might as well do that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna just step in here and say, don't. Uh, do that unless you're unless you know not to like not to yuck anybody's yum if that's your <laughs> kink then then whatever but uh, try not to pee in someone uh, try not to pee in people that's I'm gonna I'm just gonna say that the benefit um, is that if you pee, you actually won't get a UTI. So there is right. that. Like, yeah, pee right. in the toilet after you have sex. That that's is right. a that is a PSA. We're just saying you could combine a couple of things together and but it's know, not true. Kill a few birds with one no, stone. No, no, we got no. It is not true. Peeing in someone after you, uh, quote unquote, nut is not going to cancel the pregnancy. Uh, this, but okay. so, but we are going to talk about canceling a pregnancy. Yes, we are. Um, in in a way that is real. And like I'm guessing a way that's not the most uh fun experience. No. It was it wasn't like would give like a one star on Yelp review <laughs> of that experience. It wasn't great. Uh so where should I start? It's a good one question. Star on Yelp. You know, uh, <laughs> it, the, the, here's the thing great is we, service. we we've uh, we've covered abortion one time, maybe maybe two times on the show. Once specifically, and then it's come up in conversation. Mm. Yeah, it's and it's always. I just want to like preface this conversation with, it's always a bit of um, it's always a bit of a bummer. Like I for like personally, I always feel like kind of bummed out afterwards because of um abortion being obviously like one of those topics that's very 
very divisive, mm-hmm. very heavy. Um, there's like, you know, especially this year, like 20, 2019, like there was a lot of, a lot of stuff in the news, uh, uh, specifically about abortion laws, you know, especially right. down, down yeah. South. Um, and so it's like, it, it's always a reminder of like, Oh God, why is this such a fucking big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess where we could start is, is, uh, you mean like, why is this a big deal in terms of like, why can't we just understand that like women should have the right to choose? Yeah. 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 Like I, it's I mean, probably because both sides feel so, so solidified in their standing, oh, like no. both sides, both sides of the argument think that they are that they're both going, why is this divisive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're both yeah, saying know, that because one thinks the one way and another thinks the other way. Yeah, that's but, the way that it seems. Anyway. But, but, the, what I would say to that is it's not as controversial an issue from my understanding as it is made out to be, but because there's so much stigma about talking about abortion, people who actually have like experience with the issue or maybe are kind of like on the fence about it um, or are like okay with it in certain circumstances because of the stigma, those people tend not to speak up mm. and speak about their experiences. So the narrative kind of gets hijacked by like the kind the of louder people, the smaller, louder group of people yeah. who are super, super against it. Yeah. And do you feel like maybe the, the side that's against it is because they're, they're sort of being told to be against it from a, like a political standpoint, like it, because it, or it, religious. Sh- it shows up, it shows up a lot in political, in, in political debate. And I feel like mate, if the if the political if it wasn't showing up in the if it wasn't being politicized it wouldn't people wouldn't have the stance that they have because people are very like tribal in the way that they want to be in the camp of the person that they are supporting and if the person that they're supporting has this idea then even though it might not necessarily jive really authentically with the way somebody actually feels they're more likely to like jump on that because it's it's a part of the platform of the of the camp that they support, and so you know you can get really rah rah about stuff, even if it's not really like really mm-hmm. how you feel. Yeah, I think it's. I think um, I'm really excited to learn from you and your experience because you're the person here who's who's been through the experience. The last thing I will add to the kind of commentary before this is is that from a political perspective, one of the interesting narratives that I heard after the recent Canadian election was that um you know the conservatives were gaining popularity and and um they wouldn't openly say whether they were for or against um a woman's right a woman's right to choose mm-hmm. and they said that like by all accounts Canadians are just like this should be a non-issue anymore like we right. shouldn't be talking about this but it still feels like it has to be part of the conservative political agenda even though we're like no, we're kind of done with this. Like, yeah, it should just be step in the right choose. direction, though. I guess when that come when that is said, like, you know, we're not gonna, we don't feel like this is something that we need to talk about anymore. Yeah. So, and, and then, it, and then it'll be more likely that that you know, if this podcast was taking place like five years from now, and that's starting now, then hopefully, like this section of the podcast isn't even something that we even talk about because it's not a thing that you need to to discuss and go into like you know, the controversy or the political or the divisiveness of having, having said all of that, what was, when it came to your decision to choose to have an abortion, what was that decision like for you in terms of like, was it like a, yeah, yeah, fucking do this. Or was there kind of a battle in your head because of the stigma? Um, can I actually back up a little bit? I just want to like take a second to like introduce myself. So my name is, Emily Kathleen Power, also known as Kate Power, also known as KP. I'm lazy. I've just been shortening shortening my name. I've just been calling you Kate. So that's all good. That's good. Okay, sweet. Yeah. And like another aspect of this story, which will become relevant as like we've been kind of you guys so far have been saying a woman's right to choose. I actually Mm. am non-binary and I use they them pronouns. So there we go. This is something that like I probably won't use that language. I'll probably say something a little bit more gender neutral, just Mm -hmm. because that's how I relate to the story. Mm -hmm. And which is going to make it that much more interesting, I think, Yeah. in terms of your experience. Yeah, it definitely did because the clinic that you go to when you get an abortion in Halifax, at least, uh, is called the Nova Scotia Women's Choice Clinic. Right. So, you know, there's like kind of an extra layer of uh, interestingness when you don't really feel like a woman and you're kind of going to get right. treatment there. I'm yeah. so glad right. that you 
bring this lens to this conversation because like that is no, uh, something that I've never thought about. And even in the conversation that we were having before, I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, right. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so, What a perfect way to introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, so when it came to kind of making that decision, it, it wasn't really a decision um, in a way because as soon as I found out that I was pregnant, I basically knew immediately that I was going to be getting an abortion because like no part of me right now is prepared to bring a child into the world. That's not Mm. something me and my partner have like ever wanted or Mm. discussed like wanting in a relationship. So it was kind of like, that didn't mean that it wasn't like hard. And like, there was like part of me that like did kind of, as I was getting ready to do it, go down the other road in my head, I guess. Mm. Um, But it wasn't ever like, really considering the other option for myself if that makes sense yeah like you felt pretty confident that you were you were making this decision and like because i i know that when we spoke to someone before who had an abortion the process with which they had to go through to get the abortion Mm -hmm. it's and i don't know if this is true or not but it kind of sounded like they made the process the way it is to almost like lead you into perhaps changing your mind, mm. you know, mm. by like waiting a certain amount of time and like kind of continuously going, are you sure this is the decision you want to make? Are you sure this is the mm-hmm. decision you want to make? Um, what was, what was the process like? Like, you know, when, how early did you find out you were pregnant? Oh, and like, I, when are you, I found out super, super, super early because I, I have like anxiety and, um, and I, how, part of how that kind of manifests is like, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. So, um, as soon as, like, I think I had gotten back from a trip in Ontario and my partner and I had had some fun times, um, like welcome home sex and stuff like that. And like about a week or two later, I started feeling like super weird. Like my body just felt wrong. Um, like for one thing, my boobs were huge all of a sudden. And that is like very unusual for me. Wait, that quick? Yeah, it was weird. It was super quick. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So I actually took a test like a week before even I was expecting my period just because I was so paranoid and it came back negative. And I was like, all right, well, it was like an early detection test. So I was like, eh, maybe I'm fine. Cause do those like, is it common for those to give like a false positive? Um, well, I don't know if it's common for them to give like a false positive, but it came back negative. Oh, it came me. back negative. It oh, sorry. Back, yeah. Got you. So when I initially took the <laughs> test, but then like another week or so went by and I was at the point where my period should have shown up mm-hmm. and it didn't. And so at that point I was like, uh Oh, uh, maybe I should go check again. And I remember I was like, I was debating how long I should wait before I checked, but I knew, um, my partner was actually leaving to go to Scotland the next day. So I was like, I'm going to check today because I don't want to have to call him and tell him this while he's like in Scotland and have to kind of deal with that realization by myself. So I went, took the test, came back positive, and it was like one to two weeks pregnant. So really, really early. What was that feeling like? I think I literally shouted fuck in my bathroom yeah. like, by myself. <laughs> God, fuck. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've been in the scenario where like with me and my, my girlfriend in high school, like we had a bit of a scare because like her period was late. We didn't realize at the time that I, I'm just been, I've been shooting blanks my entire life, but mm-hmm. I remember standing outside the bathroom and her inside the bathroom and like expecting to hear mm-hmm. her just shout fuck. And was like, oh my god! Please, please don't! Please do not, mm-hmm. do not do this. Especially in my parents' house. If my parents hear this, mm-hmm. my dad's already told me, don't get her pregnant. He just hears so much your, trouble. He just hears the sound of your girlfriend yelling "fuck," and he goes, "He goes, I told you, Jared, <laughs> yeah, fucking pregnant." Yeah. Um, um, were you using any form of contraception? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, we were, but um, like being inside. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so we were somewhat spotty in our like. I wasn't on any birth control because honestly, before uh, I started seeing this guy, my form of contraception was just being gay. Like I've never, <laughs> right, <laughs> never seriously been in a relationship with a man before. So. Uh, I, it wasn't like I wasn't on the pill. I should have gotten on the pill faster. I actually had a prescription to start birth control. Like, was it something that you were like, that you were caught that when you started dating a guy, you were like, oh, like, 
this? Or was it just like, it's just like you kind of like change scenarios and it's just like a, it's just something that you forget to even fucking think about. <laughs> I was like, I should get on this. And like I did, like I, like I said, I had a prescription for birth control like with me. Like, and I was going to start it like, cause you're supposed to start it at like a certain time in your cycle. So I was kind of just killing mm. time until I could start taking it. But like in the interim, I got pregnant. Right. So. How, long, how long were you guys? How, how long were you guys like sexually active before that? Uh, way too long before. Like okay. it was like several months. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess like it's kind of like that weird like uh thing where you know when you're younger. I, and- I, like I I feel like sorry sorry to interrupt you, but I, I feel like. I just want to let you know that, like, I'm not, I'm not judging oh, no, you at all. Okay. There's no, there's no judgment around that. I'm just curious. Sound, you sound pretty judgy. But, <laughs> but why uh, didn't you? Yeah, I just really <laughs> want you to know that, that, like, I have no opinion about that. I'm just, I'm just curious because I imagine that our listeners are probably like, fuck, like, well, how long? Because I imagine that there's a ton of people listening who are like, oh, well, I've been having sex without like protection or contraception, and like, fuck, I'm like. How long has she been doing this? Like, it, was it the, f- the first time? Was it after like, they, Brian? Was it like they, they? Sorry, no, it's okay. Sorry, I'll right. be better. I, I'm gonna be yeah. on it. I'm yeah, on good. it. Good. Awesome. I'm glad that you did that. No, it's good. Um, I feel like it's good to hear the correction because I feel like it, it happens. Like people get misgendered all the time, and as long as you correct yourself and kind of move on, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's right. Not a huge... Yeah, it's like you know, uh, like a few reps in your in your your I'll get it. groove. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, it's funny it's, to 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 put it into like a really like trivial way. Um, I'm driving my my girlfriend's family's old old car right now, mm-hmm. and the um, the right machine. the right um, signal light doesn't work. It like ticks really fast. It goes like, tick 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 tick, and um, and when I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. She's like, stop using that blinker. It doesn't work and it's annoying. The sound is annoying. Stop turning it on. And like, it's just my habit of always turning it on, always turning it on. Mm. And like, at first I was like making the excuse, well, like, I, but it feels right to turn it on, even though I know it's, I know it's not working. But she's like, please stop turning it on. It's really annoying hearing it tick really fast. And like now, after like a couple of weeks, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm just not going to use a right signal light. But mm-hmm. metaphor for habits. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll get better. I hope it doesn't take me a couple of weeks, but I will. I will a use they, weeks, them yeah. pronouns. We're gonna try. We're gonna try to tighten it up in an hour. Yeah, yeah, um, I get it. What's What's late? I'm, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but what's late for you? Um, for me, because I'm super paranoid, it was like two days. Um. Mostly. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, right. Well, because but, yeah. for, some, for some people, it's like, I mean, like by the like hour on the day. And if it doesn't happen on the day, you know, oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, like I had, I have like an app that tells me when I'm supposed to get my period. Mm-hmm. So it gave me the notification that was like, your period seems a little late. And I was mm. like, fuck. Well, the app even said that. Yeah. It'll give you a notification if you like don't put in that you've started bleeding yet. It's oh. like, mm. interesting. Yeah. What's that app called? Interesting. It's called Clue. Okay. Yeah. It's free. I okay. think there's like in in-app purchases but you don't need them so don't <laughs> right <bother. laughs> like like when you're really interested to know how late you are it's like do you want to buy this backpack <laughs> just pops up an ad and it takes yeah. 15 seconds to go away and you're like come on come on when you when you decided to go through with the test and mm-hmm. you've you yell fuck because you find out all right you are indeed pregnant mm-hmm. um what was the what was the conversation like with your partner um so we actually because we had been stupid in the past and like I had taken plan B and stuff like that. Like we had kind of already broached the subject just like, just in case. Um, so basically, uh, I like met him after he finished work and we just like sat in his car. I had a bit of a cry. Um, we kind of just both confirmed that we, what we had already established was what we were still going to do. And then it was kind of just like, well, shit, you're leaving for Scotland for two weeks tomorrow Mm. so this is now gonna be like a bit more challenging because now i'm kind of a little bit on my own and you know i have friends and uh stuff in the city who i was like able to talk to but it's kind of not the same when you don't have like your main sport person around yeah Mm -hmm. and that person is in that with you Mm -hmm. in a different way than yeah of course the other people around you Mm. so so you you then you know like because this is this is again pretty early on Mm mm-hmm um, what, what is like kind of step by step, like what is the process from, from then forward? Like, do you have a family doc or oh, God, no, <laughs> right, right. Because you were talking about going to the women's, the women's, uh, choice, choice, clinic. choice clinic. Was yeah. that like the, was that the first place you went? No, actually. So basically what I did first is I called the Nova Scotia sexual health clinic and I was like, 
I need to talk about an unwanted pregnancy. And they're like, are you looking to discuss options or are you looking for a termination? And I was like, I'm looking for to get a termination. And they're like, okay, so Nova Scotia actually has changed their laws. You don't need a doctor referral anymore. You can self-refer yourself to the Nova Scotia Women's Choice Clinic. And um, basically you call them and then they set up everything for you. But it's like within the framework of the Nova Scotia Women's Choice Clinic. So how do you know how recent that is? Like, like I think within the last like year or two. Oh, wow, OK. So pretty recent. Pretty I recent. wonder what the I wonder what the argument would have been for needing a doctor's referral before. I think just to like really make you think about your yeah. probably that same narrative about like you need we're going to. Are you sure? Are you positive? Yeah. Are you sure? Right. Yeah. yeah. So basically. And this kind of maybe speaks to like how much stigma there is still around this because of like the levels of confidentiality that went into like kind of trying to get this appointment. So you call like a like an anom- an anonymous line, and um, you say like your name, a, a password. <laughs> <laughs> you say your name. You say like um, the date of your last period, and like you give them an, a number to call you back at, and then they call you back like sometime the next day from like a blocked number. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And then they like schedule your blood work and they schedule your um, your uh, ultrasound because you still need to get that done before you go get an abortion. And then after, well, at least for how it worked for me, I had to go get that done. And then I called them back and um, then they scheduled the actual procedure for me. And the I guess the blood work and the the uh, ultrasound is just like just to confirm 100 percent like, yeah, you are coming in pregnant yeah basically they just want to know like how far along you are and stuff like that because sometimes um like i took a test that told me like roughly how far along i was but um i don't think those are very accurate all the time Mm. and like depending on like how far along you are the procedure might vary how far along were you um when i got the abortion i was like just six weeks so i was very very early you were on it yeah 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 and and what is like the so when you call in and and they like structure these appointments that you need to go to um Mm -hmm. it like how how long does it take to to do those different things? Um, so it was quite fast, I think, because I called like on like August twenty seventh or something like that, and I'm pretty sure my appointment for the blood work and the ultrasound was on September 9th. Um, so it was a really quick turnaround, and mm. like honestly, that's like the most efficient I've ever seen the healthcare mm. system work because I got there at like nine in the morning to do the blood work and ultrasound, and I was done by like 930. Well, I guess Whoa. they have to be, they ha- there has to be a, a high efficiency for it because I mean, if someone, someone calls and says, Hey, I, I, I you know, I want to terminate a pregnancy and they're like two and a half months along. And, uh, and correct yep. me if I'm wrong. What's but that I term? I it's like the window of viability or, uh, or gestational or, limits. Yeah. Right. Is it yeah. still, is it still three months? Is it still first trimester? It's, I think or? it's 20 weeks. I also think weeks. it depends on where you are. Yeah, I, it, like right. I don't know if it's provincially, but like definitely in the states, oh, it depends on where you are. I actually, googled this before I came in. Uh, depending, yeah, in like I think there's provinces that have it as low as twelve weeks, and then provinces that high, have it as high as like twenty three weeks. Um, so twenty weeks is what five five months? About that four four or five four yeah. four four and a half. Okay, <laughs> cool. So I mean, yeah, I mean it, it's a time sensitive thing. So I mean, you gotta. Yeah. Kind of got to mm-hmm. be have you know you can't what, be going oh well we'll see you in three months when they when they offer you times to schedule those appointments are are they like like you said it, it was at nine o'clock is it like they're only open during like office hours that would be regular like nine to five or are there times outside of that window well this was actually that appointment that was at nine that was just at like the regular VG like kind of intake center for like okay. blood work and ultrasound like same place anywhere else would go so um, and they like scheduled that for me. And, like, the person doing the ultrasound knew, like, why I was there. They knew who had scheduled me. So she wasn't, like, asking me to look at the uh, computer screen or anything like that to see right. the image. Because, obviously, I didn't really want to. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, I'm, the reason why I kind of asked that question is because I'm curious about, like, accessibility. Like, if somebody's working, like, a nine-to-five job and, and it's hard to take time off. Like, I I just feel like it shouldn't be something that, like, you should be obligated to take time off of of work or like a vacation day, quote unquote, to have something like that done. Yeah. It's not. So how it works when you get the actual procedure done, like assuming you're getting like a surgical abortion, cause you can also do the medical abortion, which is, um, you take a pill, um, and then you take another pill like oh, 24 hours later. Yeah. That's, you can do that up to nine weeks, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like the ultra plan B, it's oh, like so- plan C. 
D-E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you take a pill to like terminate the pregnancy and then you take another pill, which basically like induces miscarriage. So you, Whoa. <laughs> so you Whoa. bleed for like 48 hours I, and it's gnarly. Wild. Before it came Did out of you your get- mouth, I was like, please don't say liquefy. <laughs> oh, but I mean, <laughs> you might as well have, you, it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. I've got some <laughs> some related stories. Anyways, so so do they ask you if you want that option? Or like, yeah, are they like, do you want to do the surgical or the? Yeah, they offer me- you surgical or, or medical. Um, in the medical has a less <clears throat> of a success rate, to be honest, because it's like one in twenty that it won't work or something mm. like that. Whereas it's like one in a hundred that the surgical one won't work. Right. Um. So Whoa, I. Oh, that's that's even that's even wild to think that there's like. Yeah, Can like, you imagine yeah, going like, in for a surgical, surgical abortion and then them going, so <laughs> we just couldn't do it. And now <laughs> you're going to have a baby. But like, then another question arises, like, do they know that it didn't work when they do yeah. it? Or is it like a few months later you I go, I never even thought about I'm that. I'm still pregnant. Well, okay. So <laughs> we're all like, we're like, nah. um, so many questions. we're going to maybe get into some of that territory here in a little bit. Um, not okay. that scary, but okay. So anyways, uh, my, so honestly, before I had the abortion, um, I, I'm like you, I fucking hate anything touching my veins. Like I, yeah. I like, um, so I thought getting the blood work done was going to be the worst part because I was terrified of that. Like I was having panic attacks all over the place. I, and I had to, I, I went with a friend because my partner was still in Scotland. Oh, so uh, it happened within two weeks. Like, yeah. Wow. That's, so, that's so wild. He was back for the actual procedure. Just oh, okay. Like while okay, I was getting okay. blood work. I got you. Okay. I thought that was going to be the worst part. I went to that with a friend and it actually ended up going really smoothly. He got back like a couple days after that. Um, and then by that time I'd already called and scheduled the actual procedure. Mm-hmm. So how it works is you come in, um, everyone comes in at seven in the morning. Um, like, Everyone as in like the whole abortion crew for Friday, like <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> right. There was like you. There was like um, it was really funny. We like went up the elevator to like whatever floor of the hospital we needed to be at, and there was like just like two or three other couples like sitting in the waiting room, and we're all like looking at each other, like yeah, we all know why we're here today. Yeah, yeah. So we're all sitting down, and um, then the nurse comes out from like some room down the hall that you can't see. And uh, she calls a few names, and then I was in the first group, so we went in. Um, and this is actually where we get to my favorite part of the story, actually, is so you go in, you sit, and you're, for, you're rotating through a bunch of rooms, but the first room, you get an intake form. And um, the third question on the intake form, like it's like a standard hospital intake form, but the third question on it was, is there a possibility you might be pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I think. You're like, um, I <laughs> hope. Possibly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to say I hope, but I do hope. Yeah. So that was the whole like lead up to the actual procedure procedure was pretty chill. Like you're just sitting with like six other people who are all there for the same thing. And the day that I was there, pretty much everyone, not necessarily a few of the other people who had been there had already had an abortion. So they kind of like knew what was going on. Right. Or they'd had one like a few years ago. So they were like kind of being like, yeah, it's not that bad or whatever. Right. Yeah. So we all kind of just hung out in like some hospital gowns and took our uh, medicine, like the pills that you need to take before you get an abortion and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, before you get it, you get like something to die. You get pills put in your cheeks to um, dilate your cervix. You get um, three Advils. You get an Ativan if you want, which I did. And then they also offer you um, a fentanyl like IV drip for like painkiller, yeah. which I said no to because uh, I don't like um, people touching my veins. And I was like, it's not going to be that bad. And oh, I was no. Very, very, very wrong. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah. When anybody offers fentanyl, you got to go. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're offering me one of the strongest pain meds in existence. I think I'm in for a roller coaster. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this very short break. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. So it was obviously, uh, uh, I'm going to say it's safe to assume, a painful. Experience. Oh yeah, I fully went into shock. Oh, fuck. Like, um, oh, wait, and which one did you do? Did you do surgical? Or I did, did surgical. Do... Okay, so that's like if you, I don't, you do the medical at home, like on your own right. time, so you uh, get to like chill out in your room and watch Netflix, I guess. But you're miscarrying, so that's that like, sucks too. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I did it in the hospital. Um. And yeah, uh, it was basically at like nine. I went in. Um, they didn't give me the pills to dilate my cervix because I was so early um, that they said they didn't need to. Um, went in, um, lay down on the bed. Uh, there was a nurse next to me, um, with, and I discovered that's because it's really painful and they're trying to keep you in place. Um, right. That's what I assume. It was way more painful than I thought it was going to be, probably because I didn't take the painkillers, so mm. that sucked. Um, and then afterwards, I remember I got up and I, like, um, by the time I got to the recovery room, I was like blacking out and like throwing up and my blood pressure dropped a shit ton. So well, how long was the procedure? Oh, it took like three, four minutes. It's really, oh wow. It's wow. really short. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> we didn't yeah. feel that fast. So I guess if it's painful, no, it did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it, I, I mean, this is, I, I know this is going to sound like a weird and random, maybe silly question, but is it loud? <laughs> like, um, you know, is it like, it like. Like, I'm just picturing like I I picture like it to be so mechanical, like a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, and like it's- and like a lot of tools <laughs> and stuff like that. But like, is it is it really way more simple than I'm I'm like imagining in my head? I think because it, like if you're later along, like you're around two months, which is about the average, you're probably gonna get something more mechanical, right? What like from what I saw, and I don't remember that clearly. But I think she was using like a turkey baster or something similar. Like right. that. that's what it sounded like for me. So it wasn't that loud. That is making my ovaries hurt. <laughs> when when they when they like give you the option for um, the medical or surgical uh, ab- abortion, um, do do they like go into it in detail, like what the pros and cons are of each one? Um. They could have done to go into a little more detail, I think, because um, what I didn't know when I went in is because I I was so early. Like, they will not do a surgical abortion um, before you are six weeks pregnant. You have to be six weeks pregnant before they'll do a surgical abortion because everything is too small right. for them to be able to so see. So you were at, like the, like, the bare minimum? I was at the bare minimum. So that should put into context how fucked up the laws in, like, Alabama are when they're, like, trying to ban abortion after six weeks because, yeah. like, you can't even do a surgical abortion before Whoa, six weeks. right. Yeah. Um, but Damn, after I got the... That shit's so crazy. It's fucked up, yeah. Um, so anyways, after I, like, went into the recovery room and, like, went into shock, I... it. I recovered pretty quickly. Like I was in, you know, they give you some snacks, which is nice. Um, what kind of snacks? Like what kind of quality snacks are we talking here? You get popsicles. Okay. You get crackers. Granola bar. I'm kind okay. of imagining right. like, you know, like when you donate blood, like they have like this little like waiting area after with like yeah. Oreos and stuff like that. Chocolate yeah, milk. It's like the same thing. Sweet. Yeah. So I was chilling out there for a bit. Um, and then like, you know, once I stopped looking like really gross and pale, um, they were like, okay, you can go check. They want you to check like if you're bleeding a lot before they let you leave. Um, so I went and checked and I was bleeding just like a little bit. Um, and they're like, all right, you're good to go. So this was like 20 minutes after I'd gone into shock and I was like, all right, let's go. They give you a, they give you a gift, like a gift bag maybe that's the wrong word bag is definitely the wrong word but i'm with you they i think it has like a, an information package yeah. an information package it did it did have a snack in it and it also had like two condoms or that something sounds, like that that sounds like a treat that's, bag. that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's it's treaty yeah, yeah. these are, are two condoms they're kind of like they're, it's kind of a slap in the face the way, <laughs> you know like, they're like oh yeah. use these you dummy yeah <laughs> these are like all the um the kind of like information stuff there's a bit at the back um where they have like a list of ways to talk to someone about using condoms so one of the one of the pamphlets in here it just says uh, patient and family guide male condom so they really are going like hey 
Use yeah. these. Like yeah. we gave, we're giving you these. Don't we don't want to see you again? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. How to talk about condoms with a partner? It's if the, so funny. This is if the partner says, <laughs> "Oh, this is okay." So there's a if the partner says to a column, and uh, you you can say column. So if the partner says condoms aren't romantic, you can say, "What's more romantic than making love and protecting each other's health at the same time?" <laughs> That's a That's fucking good one. That's what I say to Kyla every, every day. Sex. If the partner says, I don't stay hard when I put on a condom, you can say, I can do something about that. Oh, Is nice. that what it says? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, nice. man. Uh, if, if, you're, if the partner says... Oh, ooh, Jesus. This, is, this, is, uh, this partner sounds manipulative. If the partner says, but I love you, you can say... Then if you love me, you'll help me protect myself <laughs> and slap them. Okay, uh, one more. Let's do. Let's you. do. Uh, um, uh, oh God! All right, let's do this. Me, this. If if your partner says, "I won't have sex with you if you insist on using a condom," you should. I mean, you should probably just say it's peace. Yeah, uh, you can say, "Okay, let's pull it off. Let's put it off until we can agree. Let's satisfy each other without intercourse." That is a that's a really these uh, are really reasonable people. Really, yeah, really kind person. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's so interesting. I love that. That aren't affected by by you know gross misconducts of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so you get your gift bag. I'm just going to keep calling it that. Um, <laughs> bag, yeah. Um, we left. Oh well, they walk you out back to so. I forgot to mention this, but you need to have someone with you when you go to get an abortion. You need to have a responsible adult um, to drive you home, like it, with their own vehicle. It would be weird if you showed up with like a 10 year old and you're like, <laughs> yeah. this is my ride home. Yeah. So went back out. Um, my partner says like, I'm a really fidgety person. And my partner's like, that's the only time I've ever seen you sit still in your life, which I think is cause I was partially still in shock and also had just taken out of van. So yeah. it was like very Super chill. relaxed. Yeah, and that day was pretty fine. Like, went to McDonald's, then went home, had a nap, went to watch a movie in the evening. Like, everything seemed to be going okay. I wasn't bleeding that much. But you ran into some some complications. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the next day, um, it says in here, like, in your after your procedure thing, that you can probably go back and do your thing. Like, go to work, go to school. Um, the next the day? The next day. Yeah. Um, which... That's, it seems... That seems wild to me. From, seems, a, from a physical standpoint, though, or a mental standpoint, it seems well, wild. All, all of it. I think every, like every, every ounce of it. And especially from our perspective of not having a vagina, like the whole, I mean, we just have a different relationship with like blood, mm-hmm. things being in you. But for, a, for a lot of people who don't have vaginas, not everybody, obviously, but like it's all, it's all like, it's all like squirm inducing because yeah. we just, because I just don't have a relationship with really any of that dude if i wake up if i wake up in the middle of the night and like pee and can't get back to sleep for like 30 minutes after i pee i take the day off the next day (laughs) i'm like fuck it man i had an awful night's sleep i'm taking the day off i I have an abortion man i don't know i feel like i'd take a good couple weeks (laughs) it was like Yeah, yeah i i didn't because like at that point like i had told my parents at that point and i had like um, given someone I worked with like a heads up about what was going on and like warned, uh, warned them that I wasn't there. I was going to need to take a couple days off sure. like, yeah. uh, just for appointments and stuff. So like she was in on it. Um, so I had like someone that I was working with who could vouch for me, but I like not that many people knew what I was going through at that point. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be gone mm. longer than I needed to be. And I thought I was fine. So the next day I did go back to like, um, I went back to uni. Um, I went back to work cause I work on campus as well. Um, but as the day started going on, I started like being in more and more pain and like, it wasn't going away when I was taking painkillers. Um, and I was like, Oh fuck this sucks. But I kind of just ignored it. I didn't end up sleeping that night just because the cramps were too intense. And then the next day, same kind of thing. At this point I'm starting to get kind of, a bit more worried and like a bit more emotional and mm. stuff. Um, and then, but I was like, I'm just going to power through like whatever. It's fine. Um, and then I, again, I didn't sleep that night. And then the day after that is when shit started to get a bit weird because I was like walking around and like, 
I, f- this is going to get gross, but I felt like something fall out of me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Are you the one in a hundred? No, it, it's complicated. Um, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? So I was, wait, walk- wait, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. What do you mean by you felt something fall out of you? Like, like, do you mean like, do you mean like, when, like the feeling of like when you shit yourself, like like <laughs> no. like, or do you just mean like you? Like, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around like the sensation here. It's like you know when like a when you burp, but you didn't even know that burp was coming. But it's like that's a familiar feeling of a burp, and then all of a sudden you feel like more empty or something like that. Like yeah, afterwards. like what did you or did was it just like you felt your like you felt in your underwear like a weight, and you were like what the fuck. Um, it's like, so you can kind of feel when you're bleeding, like if you're wearing a pad or something, if you don't have a tampon in, you can sometimes kind of feel like blood kind yeah. of falling out of you. Yeah. But it was like, it felt like that, but like a lot of something just fell out of me. So Whoa. yeah. So like I walked home and, um, like went to the washroom and there was like a blood clot, like the size of my fist, like sitting in my underwear. Whoa. Yeah. It was super gross. And there was like also like some actual tissue like as well. And I was like. That's fucked up. Whoa. Um, at that point, um, I they had said like that I could expect some blood clotting, and I was like, eh, "Well, maybe this is just the level that I should expect." But that it uh, that night, um, I didn't sleep again, and I started having like weird fevery symptoms. And um, the next morning, uh, I think I called like three uh, the like three one one the three one one that night and like kind of explained to the nurse what was going on and she's like yeah maybe go like seek uh, medical assistance tomorrow and I was like okay so I went to like the Dow clinic the next day um, and like had some more blood clots like all before that like fall out of me like really same, large blood clots same si- like same size same size yeah whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. just dropping baseballs yeah basically <laughs> holy fuck. yeah I was like you know have you guys seen season three of Stranger Things yeah, yeah. you know those like gross special effects of like the people melting together yeah kind of looked like that oh <laughs> it's the best oh. way I, I haven't seen it but I uh. I'm picturing it yeah it's gross. it's wild <laughs> so um I went and talked to the nurse uh or the doctor were you cl- were you freaking the fuck out um I was really sleep deprived so it wasn't really occurring to me to be really scared yet um but uh so i talked to the doctor and she did like an exam that's like another theme of this experience is that a lot of doctors stuck their hands in my vagina over the course of like two months Mm -hmm. so that was fun um anyway she was like we're kind of worried about you because like because you just had a termination the level for concern is like very like it gets dropped, like you go to the ER for a lot less, I guess, or like maybe not as dramatic symptoms because it could be the sign of something seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but basically what she said, she's like, you might have an infection. Um, we're going to give you some antibiotics and some hardcore painkillers. So I went on like naproxen 500 or something like that and some painkillers. And for a while that seemed to work. Like everything did kind of like, I was still in a shit ton of pain for like the weekend and stuff like that. But like the, by the next week, I was still bleeding like a bit, but it had calmed down a lot. Is it like your uterus falling apart? Like what's uh, um so basically uh actually one of the cool things about the um the Nova Scotia Choice Clinic is that you get free counseling through them for a year. So I decided to like take advantage of that and I was talking to the counselor like the following week and I was explaining what had happened to me. And I was like, I don't know, maybe it had an infection or something like that. And she's like, well, what might have happened is because um, you were so early, there might have been like retained product. Like they might not have gotten everything because it was really small. So then your body was like trying to expel it like on its own. And I was like, that's fucked up. I really hope that's not what happened. And I assumed I was recovering. So like you kind of had an abortion and a miscarriage. Yeah. You know? Basically, yeah. Like, the, you just went through both processes. Mm-hmm. So it keeps going for, like, the story's not done. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. So, like, that was basically, that ended up being what it was, but I didn't get that confirmed until, like, a month later. So, right. basically, I was just living my life, um, still bleeding all the time, but, like, not a dramatic amount. It was... Were just, you, like, were you, like, totally not sexually active at that time, too? Yeah. Do other things, dude. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, here, one sec. Let me just. Uh, uh, I'm if, just wondering, if, like, pain wise, too. Like, if, um, like, was that just like totally not on the table? You're like, I, um, I, I don't know what it would. I, I guess the question for you is like, how, how did you feel about thinking about like having sexual intercourse after that? Um. So, I mean, it definitely. Like, I gave a lot of blowjobs for a while. Like, that was kind of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually, like, the bleeding got to the point where it was like, we don't really give a fuck. We can do penetrative sex again. But, like, I did. Was it, like, just, like, period, like, typical-ish period flow after a while? Yeah, it was, like, very light period after a while. Like, after a couple weeks, it was like Mm. that. So once it had gotten to that point, we did actually, like, start having, like, penetrative sex again. But... I remember the first couple times we did, I ended up having panic attacks just because like it was like bringing up bad memories. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, I was, I don't know whether I was freaking out about just like kind of the sensation or if it was just because I was like so paranoid that I was like going to get pregnant again, even though like at this time I was already on birth control and mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, practicing safe sex and stuff like that. Cause like kind of, you know, don't want to go down that road again. Did you yeah. start, do you start birth control like right after? Yeah. Like the day after. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I forgot to mention, I was like having nightmares about the procedure, like the whole, like all afterwards, like for weeks and weeks after that as well. Jesus. Did you find that the, uh, the therapist helped with that? Um, we didn't really, I didn't end up really vibing with that counselor. I did end up getting more therapy later. I actually ended up going back to Ontario for a bit to hang out with my parents a couple weeks ago and talk to my therapist there, which really helped. Mm. Yeah. But Actually, kind of where the story sort of concludes is I was I went to Montreal to visit my little sister. Um, And then when I got back, uh, like two days later, I started bleeding again, like a lot and like not regular period bleeding. Like it was like blood clotty, gross, like just a lot of stuff was falling out of me. And I was like, so I went back to the doctor, like the Dal Clinic doctor, and I was like, what the fuck is going on with me? Like, I thought I was done. This is like a month after I'd had the abortion as well. Um, and she was like, okay, so here's the deal. Um, the retained product theory is might be what's going on. Um, if you don't stop bleeding by tonight, you need to go to the ER. Um, retained and- product theory, which which again is the retained product is like, they like, didn't get it all. They didn't get it all. Yeah, yeah. that's like the medical euphemism for like sure. there's still like there's some still... pregnancy tissue like in your uterus. Nothing like that's ever going to be anything close to viable, but just like. Just, yeah, just like tissue of fe- like f- fetal. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she was like, if you don't stop bleeding by tonight, you need to go to the ER um, and they might have to perform a second procedure. Whoa. That was, I think when she said that, that was like the worst part yeah. of the whole experience because I was still like so fucked up by the first one because yeah. it was so painful. Um, so I had a bit of a breakdown at that point. Um, and I, rem- so I like called my partner that day. We actually, we went out to dinner. We went to Ronaldo's and got matzo sticks, which was really good oh, because we go. were like last meal before we go sit in the ER all I night. I want matzo sticks right now. <laughs> no, they were really, really, really good. So that night we went to the ER and we ended up being there pretty much all night, uh, waiting to see a doctor just cause like, I obviously wasn't like in critical condition or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So did eventually see the doctor and they're like, okay, so we're going to need to do an ultrasound, come back at 1030 in the morning. So left the hospital at 530 in the morning and came back at 1030 in the morning. Um, Went and, uh, you know, got got back, got an ultrasound, got an internal ultrasound as well. So that's when they stick a camera like up your vagina, which is interesting. Um, And then we went back and sat and they were like, we're going to come talk to you about your results um, in a little bit. And, you know, it's like a bad sign when they come back and they're like, okay, gown up and go to like another waiting room. And you're like, oh, "Oh, shit. Um, So then another doctor did come and was like, yeah, so there is still some retained product. Um, We're going to have to send you to like ER gynecology. So I got sent somewhere else. And then another doctor came, did another exam. This is like Doctor Five, yeah, doing exams. Yeah, you're just going through the rounds. Jeez, you yeah. said that like this is like kind of where it concluded, and then you're like, oh, I'm back in the hospital, <laughs> yeah. like another five doctors. Yeah. yeah, um, and at that point, the last doctor I saw there was like, here are your options. You can either take um, the 
second half of the abortion pill, which will like induce like it's supposed to just induce like a miscarriage um, to kind of try to flush everything out of your system because like it's really it was like just a small amount left. So they're mm. like, we probably don't need to do like another procedure. And she's like, or you can just see if it'll go away on its own because there's no guarantee this pill will work because that's not what it's designed for. Um, and by taking the pill, like, is that a is that a is that typically a traumatic experience like you're gonna kind of go through like you know really intense cramps and yeah. it like it's just gonna feel shitty it's after. gonna yeah it's, it's gonna, gonna hurt it's gonna hurt yeah. and that's actually it, it because she was like it's gonna hurt and it might not work i was like fuck that i'm not doing it yeah. um and she's like all right well you need to come in and get your blood work done again next week because we tested your pregnancy hormone levels and it's at 11 it's supposed to be at zero um so oh, we're gonna, wow. yeah so we're gonna test you again in like five days and see how you're doing. And so then I left, um, went home. I think I got really baked, took yeah. a nap. And then, uh, a week later went back and it had gone down to five. So, okay. So you're trending downwards. So I was trending good. downwards. Yeah. And um, at that point, do they need to see you again? Or are they like, well, you know, if it dropped from 11 to five, this they, is on come back next week. And we'll, yeah. Five is at a low enough level that they basically treat it as zero. Like if it's below five, they treat it as zero because it was at five. That was like my choice whether I wanted to come back in and do stuff. And I was like, no, I think I'm like, I'm good. I'm just going to. How long ago was this? Um, so the hospital thing was in like October, I believe. Like it was about, it was about, it was about a month uh, after the abortion, which was on September 16th. So. And, how like what is what is Kate's life like today? Um, it's so it's interesting. I'm still kind of getting better. Um, if ironically, like if I hadn't had the abortion today, I would have been presenting my thesis to uh, my classmates because today's like the colloquium ceremony, and right. I'm an honor student, so I was supposed to be presenting my thesis. But I ended up taking a little bit of a medical leave, right? Um, from some of my courses, I'll be like wrapping them up just later. Um, Physically, though, like, are you are you still like? Do you still experience like weird bleeding, kind of like out of out of the blue? And, oh yeah. yeah. Oh really? All, all the time. So yeah, it's, it's it's not. You're really not like out. You're not back to your your physical like baseline yeah i'm i don't know whether it's like because i'm still adjusting to like being on birth control or like right, sure. whether it's because like my body's still my uterus is still throwing a temper tantrum or whatever you want right, to call it yeah. um has anybody has anybody fuck, told man. you whether this is like you know this is like an outlier situation this never happens and or is it something that's like you know this is this is fairly common you know um i've been told that this is like very unusual this okay. is like this is not what typically happens um but i think because it was super early like and because i was like on the cusp of like not being eligible for a surgical abortion yet that made like the procedure more difficult but again mm. i don't think that this normally happens like i don't think my experience is a representative experience yeah, I, I, um, I hope that it's, it's fucking sucks that you went through this all, but I feel like having this story put out there is like a really great, like form of, of birth control for like a lot of people <laughs> that are going to fucking listen to this, you know, like, like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's like, it is, it, it, it's so, it is a, it's wonderful that we have this like ability to, to terminate a pregnancy if someone is like, I don't want to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, man, it's great. We live in 2020, pretty mm -hmm. much. And a lot of us are lucky enough that we're in a place where we can have the option to, like, go ahead and do that. But holy moly. Yeah. It's sometimes, like... It's gnarly. Gnarly as yeah. fuck. And it's yeah. like, man... All, as, well, that's why they give you that stuff. That's why they give you the male condom, yeah. like... Because in yeah. a perfect world... You know, the, the birth control pill thing. Well, yeah. In a perfect world, the clinic wouldn't wouldn't exist wouldn't exist i mean like yeah. that would be the you know the end goal that's yeah. you know, probably impossible for you know has it ha has this experience like for yourself personally has this experience completely shifted your because like like uh pre pregnant kate abortion kate was kind of like well i guess you know we're I'm I'm seeing a partner who's who who's a male now and it's like kind of a little loose about it and now are you like, 
fucking birth control. Like I am on the birth control. Like well, we're, we're going to make this. Yeah, I'm on birth control. He's also getting uh, snippy, snippy. Okay. In a couple all right. Weeks, yeah, so right. We're okay. like locking that shit down, which is it's nice because it's nice that it's like um, I am fortunate enough to be with someone who doesn't like make me feel like it's entirely my responsibility mm-hmm. yeah. to like, you know, if you're in a partnership, like you both kind of I mean, I'm the okay. one that's going to have to deal with the consequences, obviously, because I'm mm-hmm. the one with the uterus. But um, no, nah, I think that having a partner who's like willing to do that made it a lot easier mm-hmm. when it comes to um talking about this because like you you've been so candid and and open with your experience which um i think the three of us can, can say thank you for that we mm-hmm. we were really grateful that you came in and talked so openly about this and i know that i speak on behalf of our listeners when i say that the, the the same thing when it comes to talking about this openly um did you face a lot of stigma or any stigma around your decision to go through having an abortion? And do you feel um, like you want to share your story and talk about this because there needs to be more light? Like when we were talking about the political um, situation before, you mentioned that, you know, it's probably because people don't talk about this that much. Do you feel like you want to share your experience to give a voice to people who have gone through experiences like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I found that when you can't talk about like something that you've been through, you can't like make space for yourself to like recover from it or like ask for support. And I think like me not being able to like feel like I could just be like, I'm having like a procedure done. Like I need a couple days off of work or whatever like that. Like I think maybe if I had like given myself more time, I would have figured out something was going wrong quicker and maybe gotten some help faster and it wouldn't have been such a horrible, like drawn out experience. Mm. Um, I also like am quite privileged and like have a very supportive family and stuff like that. So I can talk about this without repercussions for the most Mm. part. Like I have, I posted about it on Facebook, which did piss off some members of my family. I think mostly just cause they were like, it's not so much like the like that they're upset that I had an abortion. It was just like not keep it to sh- yourself. Like, yeah, 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 don't kind of, don't air your dirty laundry. Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. In in terms of like stigma, though, does that make <laughs> you feel shitty when, or are you do you just kind of like a fuck it mentality to like if those people really are gonna talk down to me about this decision that I made, then like why so waste it. time like caring about I, their reaction to it? I feel like if I. If if they have a shitty decision, I want them to be like, I'm going to be like, okay, well, you, you are like someone that cares about me. I want you to say what you, I want you to be able to say that to my face. And I don't think you can like kind of air that kind of shitty, mm-hmm. like, because, you know, when you, when you like, when it's someone, you know, when it's someone you care about and like that saying, you know, someone who has had an abortion is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't know who it is, like abortion's kind of like a little bit of like a shitty club and like once you start disclosing that you had one like so many other people i've yeah. had have been like oh me too or oh like it was my mom or it was my coworker or someone like that and it is like i think the stat it's like it's like one in four people who can get pregnant are gonna have an abortion at some point mm. in their life so i feel like it's something that we should be able to talk about just so people have the room to kind of deal with it however they need to deal with it. Because for some people it's like a relief and they never think about it. Or some people it's a hard experience to go through and they're going to need some support. And it's the same, it's, it's kind of the same sort of same thing that we've run into with the discussions on this podcast surrounding miscarriage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like people who have miscarriages, the numbers are unfathomable. But no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, if we can start to get to that point where it just becomes more normal for for people to express, like, what they've gone through and that they actually have gone through this thing, it, it will make it a lot easier for the people that do go through it, mm-hmm. you know, because they'll have someone to lean on or they'll know, at least they just don't feel so isolated and alone. Exactly. Um, and again, it's like, it can be so vastly different. Like, a, a miscarriage for one person can be this like yeah it happened overnight i kind of you know was uncomfortable a bit and then went on with my day the next day but then the person next to them it's kind of like your scenario where it was like it was a living hell for two months Mm -hmm. you know so oh man (laughs) wild yeah it was a it was a wild time um How how are you doing now um, I'm working on like physically, I'm still 
bleeding, which is annoying, but mm. like physically I'm doing okay. Um, mentally, like mental health wise, I'm still kind of fighting that battle a little bit. That's not like entirely to do with abortion. That's like something I've struggled with my whole life anyways. Obviously this is I'm sure the abortion didn't help. Yeah, no, it didn't help. It didn't make it any better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think like, like, I don't know. Mental illness is not a, a fun or pretty subject. I feel like it tends mm-hmm. to get like romanticized, but I think like there was a, I was like a couple weeks after, um, like the, everything kind of went down and I went to the hospital and stuff like that. Um, I was kind of just in like survival mode where I was like trying desperately to salvage my school semester and like working all the time. And that was like, cause I was like pretty depressed. That was all I had the energy to do. So my apartment was like disgusting and, um, like I wasn't like maintaining like any of my like connections with my friends or my mm-hmm. family or anything like that. So like, I remember like the day that I realized that like, fuck, I need to like step back and take a break. I like got home and like, I hadn't taken my like compost out in forever and there was like bugs in it. And I like freaked the fuck out cause I hate bugs. And I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> um, and I think actually like my uncle came over and he helped me like clean my apartment and he didn't ask me any questions. He was like, if you need me, I'm here. And it was like, one of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me. And I was like, okay, if other people in my life are willing to like step up this much to help me get better, then I need to step up and like help me get better as well. Because like, I'm going to just fall apart. So like at that point, that was when I like decided to take a couple ill grades for school. And I went back to good old Guelph, Ontario, Mm -hmm. hung out with my mom and my cats and my therapist and my dad. Mm -hmm. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. You need that time. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 really cool that your uncle did that. I, I kind of think like a, a question that that makes me want to ask more of our guests is like, what is one thing that somebody did for you when going through this that mm-hmm. made you feel better? Because everybody deals with um, illness in a different way or or challenging experiences in a different way, and it's so hard to know how to support someone. Um, and when you hear a diversity of experiences, then you're able to <laughs> kind of. You know, try different things that mm. that might work with the person in in your life that's going through something like that. Absolutely, yeah. What would you say out of out of everything, um, your entire experience with this this process of abortion? What would you say is the biggest thing that it's uh, taken away from you? Uh, definitely, like a sense of innocence. Um, I feel like part of the reason it kind of happened was I was never really dealt with a lot of serious consequences for things in my life. Like it's like that kind of feeling of invincibility. And I was like, eh, it's not going to happen to me. And then it did. And then it went terribly wrong. Um, so definitely lost that sense of, uh, like safety within Mm. the world after that happened, I guess. What would you say is the biggest, biggest thing that it's given you? Hmm. I think, I know this is like a really common answer that people say that they feel like much more empathetic after going through kind of a traumatic experience or experiencing an illness. But honestly, that's probably a big one. Just I think, especially mental health wise, kind of realizing that I need to have more patience with people like, mm. um, and because I needed to learn to have more patience with myself because even though like physically I may have not been that bad, like mentally I was like so fucking messed up Mm. and I like that really took a toll on me like more than the physical stuff. Um, Mm. So kind of uh, recognizing that everyone's like an expert in their own experience and sometimes people just like need more time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's important for that, you know, like it's, there's a reason why that is a common like that's a common uh, takeaway for people because because traumatic experiences as, as you know as shitty as it is that that most people have them at some point in their life whatever form that comes in it's a unification it's a, it's a unifying it's a unifying experience at the same time as it could be isolating it's also very unifying because you get that sense of mm-hmm. this happened to me it probably happened to basically everybody around me you look at that at life at people through a different lens. And, you know, you, you gain that patience or that understanding that, you know, I don't know what they woke up with this morning because I know yesterday I woke up with this shit and like who, who knows what they're dealing with. Like um, as, an, as annoying as it can be, Taylor, to hear you talk about your bike accident, I also, because you just talk about it so fucking much. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mention it. Well, it's, I, a, it's, but, a, it's but, a, I draw a lot from it. I know, I know. And, and <clears throat> I think it's made you a better person because of that. Totally. 
Not that you were a shitty person before, but better. No, better. No. Not, no. not bad. Not better. bad. Better. Full circle. Yeah. Debatable. I, yeah. I it's, it's a, it's a, it, debatable. In relation to where I was, I'm better. <laughs> Still bad. Um, <laughs> Okay, this was this has been uh, uh, eye opening for sure, and 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 I always I, I I kind of prefaced the podcast with this by saying you know we we've covered abortion a couple of times. Every time we talk about uh, the the same topic, um, it's always so vastly different for everyone. You know, it's, we talk about diabetes like three times in the sh- in the show. Each case is so different, um, and this is no exception. And I think it's one of those. One of those conversations that, like, uh, people are going to take something from this uh, and maybe a lot of things from this. And so, Brian, you've already said it, but I want to say, like, thank you for that, for, for taking the time to, to, to choose to sit on a mic with the three of us and, and to share your story because it really means a lot. Well, thank you for listening. And thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next week, as we always are, with a, another interesting, fascinating, fun conversation. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to Apple Podcast, smash the subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. And um, there's another way you can support us, too. Yeah, you can smash your way on over onto Google Chrome and just type in. I mean, because if, if you're using anything other than Google Chrome, then... I thought this was an ad. I thought we got. I, I thought we. What, uh, I, yeah. what I was like, "What? Yeah. Google sponsorship? You're gonna smash your way on over bucks. to Patreon.com/sickboy and uh, and become a patron. Um, we got uh, we got a lot of cool shit on there, and we love each and every one of you who have supported us in the past, and anyone who will support us in the future. You make it possible for us to uh, to do this, and to hear stories, and to travel, and to uh, to 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 meet new people. So, thank you so much for that. Patreon.com/sickboy. And uh, thanks, as always, to Donovan, the CPAP Morgan, for the amazing sound design on this podcast. Uh, I was really nervous about picking something to make uh, it sound like Donovan was doing in this part of the podcast, I know. based on the content. So I'm just going to say, make it sound like you're just doing an ultrasound, because I think those sound weird, wet, and funny. Oh, God. Ugh, I think funny. you should have gone with vacuum cleaner. I was, oh, I was oh, totally, yeah. I, was, yeah. I, 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 didn't want, I didn't want to. I was something more, about Something that. more on the nose. Oh, I was what? like, make the sound of someone like unhooking a, a, a wire oh, coat hanger. Oh, sweet. Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Turn this off. I'm never doing this podcast again. <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And I'm KP. And this is Sipper. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.